Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello everybody, I'm Dr Liz Mia. I'm Chief Executive of the Innovation Agency, which is an academic health science network, and I'd like to introduce Dr Wilson Wong. Do you want to introduce yourself, Wilson? Hi Liz, um, my name is Wilson Wong and I'm the Head of Insight and Futures at the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. So Wilson, we had a, we had a really interesting um, session yesterday where we were talking about the future of work and technology and how to horizon scan to see what's coming up and to make that really practical. So do you want to tell us a bit about your work in that area? Well, my job is, is really fun. I mean, I look at horizon scanning some of the trend data that's shaping the future of work, but I also work with other networks in the EU, um, the military and so on, because they are working on different questions, of yeah. course, and all of these impact the larger question of the future of human capital. Yeah. Okay, and and you talked to us. Sort of, you, you went through some of those sectors uh, and how they were recommending things, and sometimes in the real world, those recommendations were turned down, and actually then we had to act on them. And you gave us a really good um, case study of Singapore and how they'd been tackling some of this work. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about the lessons from Singapore? That's great. Thank you. Um, the project in Singapore was called Talent Twenty Thirty, mm -hmm. and because Singapore has a policy environment where Workforces is uh, workforce planning is done at a national level. They wanted something to help them have that conversation across the civil service uh, and with the uh, business stakeholders and with the um, trade unions that uh, allowed them to then talk about what was needed in terms of policy to develop the workforce for an uncertain future. Yeah. So they deployed a, a futures methods. Mm -hmm. We used Delphi, where we invited a panel of about 30 over Singapore experts across different disciplines to talk about what would keep their economy resilient, yeah. what kinds of skills and knowledge they would need to survive different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And although they wouldn't be preparing for every single scenario, that would be impossible they use the scenarios to stimulate a conversation about risk, yeah. opportunity, and the kinds of education inputs, the kind of technical education, the kinds of continued learning that would make them competitive in terms of human capital. So, so I think that was a brilliant case study. And following that, people that were at the session were really interested to think about our context at the moment in health and care. And I think one of the great questions that came from the audience was, this is absolutely fantastic. We can see we need to change training. We need to get people up to speed with new methods of working and delivering service. But we also have to make sure that we're delivering great quality service within a financial envelope on the ground. So in terms of that sort of dilemma maybe between immediate um, priorities and future priorities, what, what would you think the strategy would be for some of our leaders? The interesting thing about the NHS is that the standard reaction to, to um, the crisis or the, the issues that face you know, rising demand, ageing population has been we need more resources. And there will come a time when both citizens and politicians will look at this and go, no, you're not going to get more resources. You have to change the way you work. And 
one of the advantages of futures is to give you an idea of the kinds of trade-off over time. So you may be able to get some low-hanging productivity fruits in the near term, but in the long term you're destroying the capability that allows you to thrive in a new business model. And knowing what those trade-offs are over time is an important part, I think, of the conversation about what a National Health Service could look like in 20-30 years. I think the challenges are, are well articulated. You know, we, we had the report yesterday from um, the Health Foundation and they looked at it from a linear perspective. All things being equal, we would need another 50 billion more or less to keep the business going. And although on a grand scheme of things, it is not an enormous or an unexpected amount, as I said, I think there will be some political friction and certainly when the citizens find out that taxes are going up beyond a certain point, they will start asking very searching questions about why this has to be, why couldn't you deploy technologies, robots, automation, different forms of, of interaction with health professionals, maybe health artificial intelligence uh, professionals uh, to deliver a service. Because their main concern is access to healthcare. They're not particularly concerned about the structure, they're not concerned about the way that you organise your business or the way that you fund your business in, in a micro way. So, so across the Academic Health Science Network we've been rolling out some digital products, training people, supporting them to change pathways and if people want to find out any more about that work they can go onto the HSN Atlas website and it gives them some case studies and contact the local Academic Health Science Network. So if people want to find out more about this fascinating area of work and apply it into their daily working lives, uh, how would we do that? There are, I guess, in, in the futures world, there are several um, sources that I go back to quite a lot. I talked about the Millennium Project, and that was a UN-funded project where they brought together experts in a range of disciplines globally to talk about global kind of wicked issues. So things like climate change, water, um, inequalities in terms of wealth, um, the access to internet, um, health issues came up really big on their concerns, um, mainly because of issues that we already know about, antimicrobial resistance, the persistence of malnutrition, the rise of obesity globally, even in developing countries. Um, so some of these issues, when they converge and interact, these problems become really intractable, even for a developed country. Um, so that's a good source. There are other networks. The European Union has a foresight um, network, um, mainly for foresight professionals, but they inform long-term policy. Uh, there are also futures groups working in industry, so Shell, um, there are think tanks like Brand Corporation. So if you look at some of these, or GKN, so these are, are very long-standing uh, research institutes into futures. That's fascinating. Thank you. It's been a, a great conversation and I think one that in the NHS and care we can work with and start to look forward so we make the big changes we need to make now. So thank you, Wilson. Thank you very much, Liz.